What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In These Quarantines. I am a friendly neighborhood host, the Juggernaut, and let's jump right in, shall we? Right off the bat, I want to say congratulations to Super Mario Brothers for cracking a billion dollars in the box office. Illumination is making head so much headway with animation. I mean, these guys are probably changing to Illuminati at this point. The Mario's movie had a budget of 100 million <clears throat> and saw the box office returns of 1 billion dollars. I don't think people understand how crazy this is. Even the Despicable Me movies, too, also make a ridiculous amount of money. I believe the first three Despicable Me movies in total combined um, have a collective budget of 250 million and combined their box office uh, return is over 2.5 billion if i recall correctly so they are doing very good for their for their franchise of course we're going to probably see a sequel to the super mario movie and maybe hopefully nintendo might be might obviously be more open to the idea of doing um more like uh, more movies from their other ips like a lot of people are looking at the legend of zelda next you know maybe metroid and a lot of other things so yeah, just that, that just really impressed because I I liked the movie a lot. I thought it was was quite nostalgic, but also very fun, simple, straightforward, very colorful, cheerful. The family film, there's not much more uh, no, no unnecessary, unnecessary complexity, and I think the movie deserves all the money it has made. All right, uh, so moving on to the main topic of today, actually. So we got two trailers that dropped, um, you know, this week. The first one is a video game. <laughs> so as always, trepidation is there now we've had things and last of us did a good job in adapting a video game to an amazing tv series super mario brothers who did a good job of adapting a popular um, you know video game into a very lovely family film we have now we have gran turismo the trailer drops is starring um, orlando bloom and david harbour and it's actually the, the the angle they are taking with this is what i really like because we had a need for speed movie in 2014 with aaron paul <clears throat> and I didn't hate the movie, but it wasn't also too memorable, if I'm being honest. I thought it was just like serviceable at best. And I think it was because they're trying to adapt Need for Speed directly into a movie. When, yeah, there have been some Need for Speed games that have had a little bit of story, like Need for Speed The Run, you know, or I think um, there's the more recent one to Payback, or I can't remember the, the title. But it's the, the story itself that they did for the movie wasn't captivating enough i didn't care too much for the characters it was by the books which like i say is not necessarily a bad thing to be to have a cliche story isn't a problem but execution is much more important you can have a very simple basic story that's even predictable but you have a wholly entertaining movie example is creed 3. i remember watching creed 3 the story was very predictable you could tell by the books his friend went to jail he came back he wants the title for the throne he was going to cheat his way to the top blah 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 it didn't matter you just but the execution was wonderful it was very memorable the action the the, the stylized direction and everything so that was what i was expecting with need for speed but fortunately that didn't come to pass but with gran turismo they're going a different route now they're not adapting the actual game itself because like i said gran turismo is even less i mean it has literally has no story because it's simulated driving you know it's it's, it's very realistic driving there's basically nothing at stake when you're trying to do it don't get me wrong someone like david fincher probably even spielberg could try to find something intricate to do but i think it's 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 a tall order so the gran turismo movie is actually adapting a real life story of uh gran turismo game video game player that was part of a, a, a competition 
to find the best players in the world and then as a winner he got to actually train to become a nascar um, a, a what do you call it um nascar driver sorry a, a racer real life racer which is a very nice uh, kind of um grass to grace you know story you know it's like a typical nerd in his room playing games all day gets this once in a lifetime opportunity to actually be on the field and do something that takes a lot of other professionals years to practice and master now i, I remember hearing about the story i never really read it read it to fruition to know what came of the boy but i think it's still a great story to adapt i mean he has this kind of sports drama aesthetic to it even though it's also based on a video game so i think it's a smart move to adapt it this way and the trailer was fantastic i thought it was really cool it looked it looked very visceral and very raw and then the stakes actually seem high because you are rooting for this little kid to actually because he's gonna be laughed out and looked down upon by actual other racers people that spend their life racing like oh you're just a nerd a video game game nerd that thinks he can come to the big leagues you know that already makes you root for him as the underdog so i think that's a great choice to adapt for the movie and i'm really looking forward to it secondly it's going to be directed by a direct someone that i didn't expect to direct this movie and that's neil blomkamp um if you don't recognize the name he's director of movies like district 9 elysium and chappie now um district 9 was obviously a masterpiece of a movie one of my it's one of my i mean it's still my top 10 favorite movies of all time it's a fantastic sci-fi drama now elysium I understand why a lot of people didn't love Elysium, but I liked Elysium for the most part. I thought the world building was fantastic, the exoskeleton um, exo suits, the, there's a visceral nature to the way the tech was used and things. Yeah, the movie took a very oversimplified route for a very political, I guess, um, um, political topic that, that exists in our real world about the haves and the have-nots. But I thought it was still really serviceable, to be honest. Then we have Chappie, which was surprisingly really hated by a lot of people, which I, which I found odd. I like Chappie for the most part. I love the concept of what he was trying to do. Take a uh, literal a robot with the mind of a, t- of a kid, experiencing for new, everything newly and then trying to grow and then he's influenced by his... He's like a take on the whole nature versus nurture thing. Now, I, I think the Antwoods involvement, for me, kind of took the movie down a bit. I wish... The, I thought that was a bit too much. But I thought it was too serviceable. Not as good as District 9 for sure. And then unfortunately he had Demonic, which I didn't really like as well. But uh, with Gran Turismo, I'm very surprised that he tr- tried to take on this. Now it makes sense. He, he has done sci-fi almost three more times, or sci-fi and fantasy three more times after District 9 without much success. So I'm curious to see what he wants to do with this. And I really, he really needs another win. And if you haven't checked out Old Studios on YouTube or Netflix, you should. Old Studios is a I, I, I guess it's a kind of indie studio owned by owned and run by Neil Blomkamp where they do short films some of them are really funny and creative you should check it out if you haven't yeah then next after the Grand Turismo trailer we have a first official trailer for Dune 2 or Dune Part 2 man Dune was a fantastic movie for me I enjoyed seeing this in the, in the cinema man I, I watched it again it's such great sci-fi it's very grounded it's very look I'm, I'm, the thing about me is it's all about verisimilitude i love when a fantastical movie can make me believe in this world and and everything in the world feels tangible feels feels possible you know man the casting was incredible you know from uh um oscar isaac as duke Lito to um josh brolin as gurney rebecca Ferguson, beautiful and fantastic actress as lady jessica of course you have polar Trades played by timothy chalamet who's just coming up 
every day just making the right decisions and choices for movie roles for himself you know so much the cast is stacked you know and oddly enough i'm currently reading the book again because i read the book a long time ago i don't remember much about it but i'm reading the book again and i'm hoping to finish it before the two drops in november uh but the trailer was fantastic the, the tone was back oh my god the soundtrack that score that, that that ethereal score was back and that was fantastic to hear again uh, i know some people weren't big fans of the movie and i can understand why because it's not a conventional sci-fi movie but i was really excited to see each other i love the movie so much the score the soundtrack the direction the performances like everything for us and then there's something about the vfx that just makes it so fucking um like i said nuanced and grounded in the sense that look not a shade to other superhero stuff look i love Endgame, I love Infinity War, but you know when you're watching those movies, you're, you're, you are aware that okay, this is VFX, right? And it's cool because the VFX works. It's not, it's not a case like Ant-Man, the Wars, Ant-Man, Quantum in a way. It's kind of got a bit too much for me anyway. But we do when you're seeing the honest copters moving, or you know you're seeing the sun, the, them moving on the sound trollers on on the dunes, the sand dunes of Arrakis. It feels like they literally went to the plant Arrakis to shoot this film, and there's something really potent about it that makes you feel so feels, makes you feel drawn to it and makes the stakes feel high because i mean arachis may not exist but we've all experienced a form of that kind of dryness and humidity on our planet itself when you go to either a, a kind of desert area or even a hot summer on, on at the beach so yeah that that feels really grounded and i'm really looking forward to this movie for sure now of course dennis villeneuve is back to direct the movie man that guy is he's become one of my, my best directors of all time i'm just behind spielberg and and um and uh, david fincher for me dude is all hit so far i mean i can't even think of his lowest written movie right now of my head but arrival sicario oh my god prisoners enemy Blade runner 20, 2049 which i think might be my least favorite but that's not saying much because i still love that movie a lot you know, man, this guy is just really good. I'm really looking forward to what he does with this movie. In a little bit of more somber news, um, Jamie Foxx repeatedly had a stroke some days ago and he's been hospitalized. We've got reports that he kind of recovered a little bit, but he's not still fully conscious, I believe, as of, at least as of the time I'm recording this message. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate because, man, that guy is multi-talented. He's a singer, a rapper, an actor, a producer, man. He's a uh, you know uh, impressionist as well. He's really high for multi-talented. You just he's almost can do anything. Um, it's unfortunate because he's he was actually shooting a movie with Cameron Diaz, who's actually coming out of retirement. Uh, oddly enough, the last movie she did was also before going to retirement was with Jamie Foxx and Annie, and then she's coming out with Jamie Foxx again in a movie called Back in Action. But anyway, uh, Jimmy Fox, one of my like one of the most diverse actors I know, is always even in mid movies. Seriously, in movies like um, Day Shift, that I didn't really love, I didn't really like to be honest. But his performance stood out for me and attracted me to it. He's such a good actor. So, and I'm looking forward to hoping to see him recover fully and go back into the foray of acting, man, because he's so good. He's so good, yeah. I, I really wish him quick recovery. I wish him and his family the best at this moment in time. Now, into even more, I won't say it's more, more somber news, but also kind of, I guess, not good news. As of Monday, the Writers Guild of America has called, called a strike, which, poof, 
which spells a big doom, big doom, um, doom for a lot of movies, TV shows going forward, especially late night TV. For those that don't understand the severity of this case, the last time writers went on strike on Turner Seven, and as a result of that, a lot of movies that were in production at the time lost their scripts, their script writers, because they, 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 they couldn't complete their script or they had to work on half half scripts. For example, Transformer Dark of the Moon was a, was a victim of this. Sable Quantum of Solace, which is, I think, universally agreed on to be, to be the worst than a Craig James Bond film. Another movie that kind of suffered from having, um, from the screenwriter's uh, um, strike, I mean, was Heroes, the TV series, my goodness, oh my god, Heroes, such an unfortunate thing to happen, you know, and among other things. Now, what people don't realize is, due to the lack of you know, scriptwriter or writers at the time, it gave more credence to reality TV as, and unscripted TV shows to rise. And that's why we have such a huge influx of those things right now. You know, the Keep On Be Kardashians, the Love Island kind of stuff, the, you know, all those kind of shows that are just reality TV shows that we have nowadays spurred or they kind of gestated and matured, grew fully due to the writer's strike. Now, the strike, the writer are going to strike again. And Understandably, so their demands are understandable because what people don't understand is shows of the of the of the arts. Then, them twenty four Prison Break, Friends, they had twenty twenty four episodes per season, which meant more work and more bonuses and royalties for you know not just the actors but also the writers as well. But now streaming has shortened most of these shows to eight to twelve episodes, so which means, of course, their own they're going to get less pay, they don't get as much royalties. As, as, as other things. Another thing that was affected, as affected was syndication. Now, syndication obviously means when a show that has run over 88 episodes gets shown again over years in other regions of the world. For example, um, everybody, no, not everybody, um, yeah, everybody hates Chris became, was syndicated in Brazil and that led on like a resurgence for the actresses and actors on that show. Even the writers get some reality checks, you know. But when you have shows that run for 8 to 12 episodes per season, some of them get cancelled before they even reach the 88 episodes. So those, that means those shows will never go through syndication. And we, we, this means the writers will never get a buck out of it. So a lot of other things to welfareism. And, and there's another case of something called... Okay, now everyone knows what called the writer's room. That's when the writers are gathered to kind of work on a show. Yeah, but there's something called a mini writer's room. And what happens when there's a mini writer's room is that a lot of these writers are called in maybe a few weeks or a few days to when the movie or TV show is about to air, and then they are kind of asked to rework some things on the script. But the problem with this mini writer's room is that usually it can run for like a couple of days, but at times it can also run for a couple of weeks. It can even run concurrently with the show being aired simultaneously. But the issue is because it's not contractually um, fixed, fixed, you know, and it's kind of spontaneous. A lot of these guys work overtime without any extra pay. So things like that is what made the writers go on strike, you know. And I can understand that point of view, you know. Writers go through a lot, you know, and they don't get recognized. And apart from recognition, because I mean, the actors is the star. We know that a lot of them don't get well compensated. So that strike is understandable. And I really hope they resolve this before it goes on for too long, because a lot of shows and movies currently underway. I'm gonna suffer for this, and this takes me to my next point. Case in point, um, uh, Blade. Blade is gonna be a recipient of this because, as of I think day before yesterday, Blade was going to start shooting next week, and unfortunately, they had to get in a new writer. This is very, very, very um, weird for Marvel because the kind of things have plagued, plagued Blade right now uh, is insurmountable. You had 
director dropping out you had the 90 page script that had only two lackluster um, actions according to Marshall Ali you have Marshall Ali himself getting kind of frustrated with being cast in this movie role for such a long time and not kicking off because he's getting older I believe he's 49 years old now which means by the time they finish shooting Blade and even release probably going to be 52 you know how long can he go playing such a role you know now the good news is that the writer that was brought on board is um, um, uh, Nick Palatazo, I'm, I'm, I'm mispronouncing his name, but anyway, he's the guy that produced um, um, True Detective, you know, which, I mean, especially season one, even the other, all, all the all the seasons of True Detective have been fantastic, especially season one, but yeah, he's the one that worked on it, and he's obviously a very good writer, but then again, we have to realize this, the writer strike started on Monday, so does that mean that as they hired him, now he's going to also join the strike and not write, and that means Blade is also going to even be face a bigger challenge because if the movie starts with a poor or, or no script my goodness that movie is then destined to fail for sure so anyway anyway i really hope they resolve this thing i really hope that their, their their needs or their demands are met at least to their satisfaction because as of right now um late night shows like jimmy kimmel jimmy fallon you know and all these other ones are actually doing reruns because the writer's room is empty now and these shows unlike movies and tv shows late night shows thrive on the um creativity and the, and the availability of their writers and if those writers aren't showing up you can't really do much i mean even shows like snl now have to be on hold and, and they are doing um reruns of old episodes we don't know how long that's going to go before people kind of lose interest but really hope they sort these things out because or else it's going to be massively detrimental to the future of movies tv shows and other forms of media anyway those are my thoughts for today let me know what you guys think about the whole fiasco um are we gonna see another heroes season two problem come up again with writer strike what are your thoughts on the dune 2 trailer are you did you love the first one are you excited for the second one Grand Turismo, do you think it's going to also <clears throat> live up to the hype and benefit from the kind of video game resurgence we're, we're getting right now? Let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. Do you think Blade should be scrapped or altogether or do you think there's still hope for that movie to come to fruition? Let me know what you guys think and as always guys, stay safe and stay tuned. Mm-hmm.